0: Listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Can we just thank the worship team? I just want to... He's going to hate me for doing this, but I just want to brag on Chris for a minute who's leaving um, out the door right now. Um, Chris uh, Chris has been uh, with us for a long time here at the mission, and I've I've had the joy, just the pure joy of watching this guy grow into an amazing man and worship leader. And a couple weeks ago, he said, hey... Uh, Jason, the next two weeks I have free. I know you've been leading worship and, and speaking a lot lately, and, and why don't you just take next week and not do either of those things? I'll Ricardo's preaching, I'll lead worship, and then I'll lead worship this following week when you're teaching, and I just can't tell you what a blessing that was to me. That was just huge, and Chris, I love you. Thank you for uh, what you do and how much you mean to this place, and and I'm also thankful that uh, Amber and Melissa are kind of brightening up the worship team a little bit. Michaela's not the only girl anymore. <laughs> so awesome. It's awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. I, I, I mean, uh, we are blessed for a small small church. You know, we are richly blessed, whether it be teachers or. Or uh, singers, or 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 greeters, whatever, man. We are just the Lord has blessed us so, and He's blessed us with Your presence today. So I'm so glad You're here this morning. Um, today we reach the end of uh, this beautiful teaching series. Uh, that honestly, the series has has been as much for me personally as it has been for you guys in our church. Like, um, ha, has anybody been blessed by by this press pause series? Like, and I don't say that in a self serving way. Like God, like I didn't come up with this idea, so I don't I don't feel like boasted in any way by you saying that. God God made it very clear that this was what we were supposed to do as a church, and and uh, it's been really impactful for me and. Maybe, uh, if, uh, if you haven't been with us today, we're closing out this sermon series, Press Pause, and we, we, what we did was we set aside the month of July to see what the Bible had to say about things like rest, balance, and peace. And, and each week, our teaching team has brought a unique message that fit Perfectly into the overarching theme of God's rest and we spoke about the Sabbath in the Old Testament that that God brought the Israelites out of Egypt uh, out of slavery in Egypt and 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 when he did he told them to take the seventh day of the week off. And rest, and to remember that they are no longer slaves anymore, that they they don't have to keep making brick after brick after brick for the Egyptians endlessly. No, they have the choice to stop. They have the choice to stop making bricks because they were free, that God had brought them out of captivity, freed them from their bondage, and called them sons. And daughters, right? And and we talked about what Sabbath looked like um, uh, according to Jesus, and, and how the how the Pharisees had made Sabbath about following all these really super specific, almost silly rules. And instead of making it about rest. And Dr. Mark talked about how all the rules the Pharisees had come up with for Sabbath had made it more stressful than restful, right? And, and, and Jesus came and schooled the Pharisees, right? And, and, and in fact, that in the fact that the Sabbath wasn't meant to be a chore, it was a gift, right? And, 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 and we also talked about priorities in this series we, and how out of whack priorities can be a balanced thief in our lives, We talked about how when we say yes to something, whether we're aware of it or not, we also say no to something else. Uh, We looked at the book of Haggai and we saw how if we want to truly be blessed by God, we need to be in a blessable position in our lives, which is keeping our priorities straight and making sure our relationship with God is at the top. Of that list, and and last week, last week uh, Professor Ricardo brought an awesome, awesome message on burnout, especially within the context. Of the church. And honestly, I'm not even going to try to do that message justice because it was just too good. Like, you just need to go back on the podcast and check it out for yourself. In fact, you can hear all of the messages from this series on our website in the podcast section. But one of the many things that Ricardo said that stuck out to me regarding burnout in the church was that we can't fall under the impression that what keeps the church running is us. God is in control. Ouch, right? Like, ouch. Uh, And that's all I'm going to give you on that message. Nothing more. Uh, Go back and let's do it on the podcast. But uh, at the heart of this series, I believe what we have been asking ourselves is, is the church still the church without all the stuff that causes us so much stress? Is the church still the church if we don't have fancy lights? Is the church still the church if we make the music really quiet and we don't have a rock and roll band on the stage, right? Is the church still the church if the kids are in the service and not in their own programming? Is the church still the church without all the pretty things that make us so comfortable? Without a doubt, the answer is yes. But sometimes, speaking for myself, I'm not speaking for you guys or or any other leaders in the church, but I'm speaking for myself I get so caught up in making all the pretty things, as pretty as they can be, that I forget that there are churches worldwide who meet in secret because they, they may be killed at any time for their faith. They are literally clinging to pages of a Bible because they don't have access to a whole Bible. There are church services around the world that don't need teachers for children's church. Because the kids are just a part of the service. Next week, our amazing children's program will resume for all ages. And our band will go back to the stage. But I'm so thankful for the reminder that all the pretty things that stress us out so much sometimes in the church are not what causes the church to be the church. Is that you tracking with me? We gather as the church because we believe that Jesus is the end all, the be all, the best thing we can spend our limited amount of days on this earth serving. We gather in this community to spur each other on and to place Jesus on the throne of our lives. And crown him Lord of all. We press pause to remind ourselves that Jesus, the one who has the power to wipe away our sins and help us forget the shame of our youth, the one we call Savior and Friend, is also called Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6 says this. For for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. That word peace is what we're going to focus on today. That word peace. Would you turn with me to the book of John 14? Uh, John 14. Uh, Leading up to this chapter, Jesus has already... um, you know had the last supper and he's with his disciples and you know he's washed their feet and and which was unheard of for a teacher to do for his students and and Jesus has called out Judas Iscariot as the disciple who was planning to betray him and and as a result that would lead to his death on a cross but even after Judas left, Jesus continued teaching his disciples and, and telling them to love one another as he had loved them, right? And, and as Jesus foretells his death to his disciples, he, he tells them, you know, I, I'm, going, I'm going away. I'm going to go be with my father, and right now you can't come, but I will come back for you. So this was shocking news to Jesus' disciples. Jesus' disciples were, were pretty troubled at this point where we pick up the story in the beginning of, at verse 1, John 14. Verse 1, uh, I'll, I'll read this to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So, so this this, uh, this scripture actually reads kind of dramatic, but I actually think it's kind of a little bit hysterical. Um, <laughs> Jesus is Jesus is, is trying to have this like tender moment with his disciples, right? Because he's he's going to ha- have to leave them soon, and 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 he, as he puts it, he's going to have to go to the Father, right? And the disciples are confused and emotional because because of this news and they they kind of keep like derailing the moment right they they, they he's jesus is trying to have this tender moment with them and, and and they keep derailing the moment and jesus sees their grief and in his mercy uh, is trying to comfort them right and by saying in verse one let not your hearts be troubled believe in god believe also in me jesus is like don't worry guys uh, you know uh, i 'm going to be with my father and where he lives uh there's there 's plenty of room. He actually lives in a big, big house. Um, anybody else know that song we Where we can play football no uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's an old cheesy Christian song. <laughs> um, but there's plenty of room, and, and when the time is right, I'll, I'll come back to get you so that you can be where I am. And plus, you already know the way. And, and this is when Thomas pipes up and says, Lord, we don't even know where you're going. Like, how could we possibly know the way? Like, what? Like, as if to say, like, what are you even talking about, right? And Jesus responds in verse 6 and 7. His response just confounds the disciples even more. Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And And then Philip speaks up, right? And Philip is like, well well, uh, if I know the father, um, and I've seen him, like, can I just see him like one more time? Like, can I just see him one more time? One more time would be enough. I promise. I, 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 it's just that some pretty crazy stuff happened when Moses and Jacob met the father. And, and I'm pretty sure I'd remember if something like that happened to me. So, so just like one, one, one more time would be cool. And, and, and gee, this is where Jesus just basically does an epic facepalm like, oh gosh. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus doesn't do that. I do. But um, <laughs> Philip's asking to see God, and again, Jesus' respon- response is not what they were expecting. He, he, uh, Jesus says in 9-11, uh, have I been with you so long you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does His work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. That reminds me of Star Wars Rogue One. I am one with the Force and the Force is with me. I am one with the force, and the force. Sorry, nerd moment. Um, but <laughs> believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Jesus just straight out tells them. If you're paying attention, he just straight out tells them, "Look, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. We're actually kind of like a three in one package kind of deal with another guy. But I don't really have time to go into that right now. And, and but but what? But what? You need to know is that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. You don't need to look any further for the Father because you know him and you have seen him when you see me. And you do know the way to where I am going because I am the way, the only way. There is no other way to get to the Father except through me. Do you see the point that Jesus is trying to make here? So many times, the answers to these vast questions that we have that are like burning in our hearts are staring us right in the face. And we can't recognize them. We will search and wrestle with questions For years, because we want a mystical, miraculous answer, right? But the truth is, the answer has been with us all along. In the same way with seeking peace in our lives, it's the same way. People will do some crazy things to try to gain some peace in their lives, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just search peace and calm on Amazon and see what comes up. Like, no joke. Like, people will wear certain kinds of jewelry to bring peace and calm and tranquility. Like, like people will recite a certain mantra over and over again. People will diffuse certain oils into the air. All the ladies just crossed their arms and shook their head like, nope, don't mess with my oils right? Don't mess with my oils. (laughs) People will climb enormous mountains and spend months sitting on a pillow in silence to try to gain some peace in their life. Actually, that sounds like my dream vacation pretty much. Um, But to try and gain some peace, people will buy things that they don't need. Have you ever heard of retail therapy? Guys, don't act like you don't do it, too. Don't just, like, look at your wife, okay? Because I've noticed that at a certain age, men buy bigger and redder sports cars, right? (laughs) They buy bigger trucks and redder sports cars, right? So don't act like retail therapy is only for the ladies, okay? Uh, But people do some crazy things to try to gain some peace in their lives. And all the while, Jesus is standing there and saying, I am right here. I am right here. Look no further. After he calms the disciples down a bit, Jesus continues to teach them about some of the things that are going to come to pass after he ascends to the Father. And skipping down to verse 25 in John 14, Jesus says something very simple but immensely profound. Starting at verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You heard me. Say to you, I'm going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I am, and now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it, when it does take place, you may believe. Jesus lets the disciples know that the Holy Spirit is coming after him, and not to worry too much about understanding everything he's saying right now, but in verse 27, Jesus says to the disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, this word peace. And, our, and if you've tuned me out, I want you to tune back in because this is the focus. All right, I'm on the right track, right? I'm on, tune me in, tune me in. <laughs> that was a sign, right? No, I just... I, um, <laughs> um, if you tune me out, tune me back in, because this, this is the crux of what I want to tell you today. Everything else you can forget, but this is, this is it right here. In, in verse 27, Jesus says to the disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. This word peace that Jesus uses in this scripture is actually a Hebrew word called shalom. Shalom. You may have heard it as a greeting or a farewell. Um, And the definition of shalom goes so much deeper than our definition of peace. In Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, which is a really big book that I use rarely. um, uh, (laughs) Shalom is defined as completeness. Completeness. This word shalom, which is in our Bibles is translated peace is not just a a momentary tranquility or an absence of conflict in our lives. Shalom is so much more than that. Shalom is completeness. It communicates a sense of steadiness. See, with this statement about peace, in, in verse 27, Jesus is continuing to let the disciples in on the fact that everything they are desiring can be found in him. That he is the way, the truth, and the life that no one gets to the Father except through him. That he is one with the Father, and, the, and, and when we see Jesus, we have seen the Father that he is the bringer of peace and shalom because he offers us a completeness with God. The answer is Jesus. See, and just as the worship team comes and the, and the ushers prepare, like, I, I, wanna, I wanna say, like, We've talked about a lot of different things in this sermon series. A lot of different things. And, and you can check all of the boxes from this sermon series. All of, you can do all the good things. I want you to really hear this. You can, uh, you know, you can evaluate your schedule and trim down your commitments You can say yes to all the right things and no to all the time wasters. You can set your priorities on quality things. You really can, which is what we talked about. You can do all these really good things, but if you don't have Jesus, you are never going to have shalom. See, Shalom says, no matter what comes my way, I am made complete, not by my circumstances, but because I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Because I have been made whole. I have been made complete through Jesus. And whether I am in a season of plenty Or a season of suffering. I can have peace. I can have shalom with God. The peace that the world offers is fleeting and incomplete. Here one moment and gone the next. That's why Jesus says, I give you my peace. Not as the world gives do I give to you. John 16.33, later on in this book, says Jesus just reiterates this back to His disciples. He says, I have said these things to you that in Me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So here's what I want to ask you today. Do you have a sense of peace in your life? Let's just have every head, head, head bowed and eyes closed. Do you have a sense of peace in your life? You can... Manage your schedule really well. You can evaluate your commitments. You can take two days off every week. And you can still not have completeness. You can still not have shalom. You can still not have peace in your life. Do you have peace? I just want to leave this time for a moment and and just ask, like, if you don't have it, do you want it? Do you want it? Maybe... You're already a believer and have been for a long time, but you have this sense of shakenness in your life. That there is nothing steady in your life right now. The Father is here, and He's saying, I am your peace. If you will come to me, if you will seek your peace in me, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking. I just want to pray for you. Yep. I see it. I see hands. I see it. Okay. You can put your hands down. I just want to pray for those people. Lord God there. I I know what it's like to not have a sense of steady in your life. God, God, You know steadiness is a battle for me, Lord. So my heart goes out to these people, Lord. Father, I pray that You would increase Your life-giving nature in their lives. Father, that they would have a sense of completeness that can only be found in Jesus, Lord. I pray that You would instill a hunger in their hearts to seek after the Father. God I pray that you would uproot things in their life that are keeping things from, keeping, thing, keeping them from you, Lord. God that the that sense of Shalom would fall into their life, God, and that they would fight to keep it there Lord. Maybe you're not a believer at all. Maybe you don't know what you're doing from day to day. You're just bouncing through life. And you keep getting slammed down. There's no sense of peace in your life. I'm here to say... That you will never have true peace in your life until you have Jesus in your heart. And so I just want to give the opportunity for anybody to accept Christ right now. If you would like to pray a prayer of acceptance, would you just raise your hand? Okay, I see it. Thank you, Lord. So, Father God, we, um, I want to have everybody just repeat after me this prayer. Father God, I come to you this morning a sinner in need of your saving grace. I believe that you sent your Son to die on a cross for my sins. I need you, Lord. I invite you into my heart to wipe all my sins away. To help me forget the shame of my youth. And I will live for you all my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have a couple of new believers in the family. To pray over our offering and then the worship team is going to lead us in another song. Father God, we, uh, we just celebrate today what you've done in some people's lives, God. And, and whether, you know, 500 people get saved or one person gets saved, there is the same amount of cheering in heaven, regardless, God. And so, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this thing that you're doing in our community and we give back to you now what is already yours, Lord. Father, we we bring our our we bring our tithes and offering before you, God. We say send it out to the nations, send it out to our neighborhoods, and increase your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.